The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi portfolio managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Welcome to the weekend, my friends. Indeed, well-deserved. Another tumultuous week, I must say, Uh, globally, geopolitically. uh, Markets stabilizing i must say um i look at my crystal ball which is the markets combined and they do spell of a resolution to this unbearable global conflict uh, that's taking place um may we all pray for ukraine and the citizens of ukraine also pray, pray for those uh, innocent citizens of russia um unfortunately they're being led by a madman um a really good man uh, off to do some good, uh, of no surprise to me. I want to talk about this story. It's very, very powerful. Um, and something dear to everyone's hearts, or many, many hearts anyways. Uh, Mr. Dr. Cliff Redford. Uh, he's a veterinarian. Um, as a little boy, uh, he, he surprised his friends by his choice of careers. Uh, certainly capable of becoming a doctor, but uh, he's always said to me he prefers uh, animals to people. Uh, played a huge part in his life, as far as he can remember, and always wanted to be a vet. Graduated from one of the world's top veterinarian schools, the Ontario Veterinarian College. 18 months later, he purchased Wellington Veterinarian Hospital in Markham. If you're looking for an amazing vet and you live in the Markham region, uh, Durham region, uh, definitely uh, uh, Wellington Veterinarian Hospital is for you. I've taken Baxter to him. Bit of a hike for me. I live in the West End, but I love the guy so much. I want him to take a look at my pooch, and he gave him the once-over. Pooch, of course, uh, sees the white lab jacket and uh, tenses up. Poor little guy. But uh, his team does a good job uh, chilling the dog out and doing what they have to do uh, to him. Anyways, I, I, I called Cliff uh, a week ago and said, Cliff, I'm surprised you're not making your way to the Ukraine to save animals. And he said, that was right on top of my mind. I'm thinking I'm going to Poland. I said, let's get you on the show. Let's talk about that. Uh, Cliff, I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you. I'm also praying for you that uh, your venture uh, is a safe one. Please share with us, share with us what your uh, uh, endeavor is. Uh, talk to us and uh, uh, make us cry, my friend. I know you will. Yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, I've been doing a lot of interviews today and a lot of crying. Um, and I should say, I thank all of it uh, to you because it was actually you asking me about going to Ukraine that really pushed me over the edge. I was thinking about it and... Uh, <laughs> Um, I kind of did some research and within 24 hours after you and I communicating, I had, uh, found some rescues that were willing to work and happy to work, uh, with me. And I bought the ticket and, and I'll be leaving, uh, in a couple of days on Monday. So, uh, I'm heading down to Poland and, uh, my daughter who's in Europe right now is going to be joining me. She's always been my right hand girl for all of these, uh, volunteer, uh, rescue works that we do. Um, and we're going to be working with uh, a rescue as well as at one of the refugee reception centers right at the Poland-Ukraine border right near Lviv. And uh, if everything's uh, relatively safe, uh, that's a relative word, I guess, uh, we'll be heading into Lviv as well to, to pick up some uh, injured animals and help out there as much as we can. 
Well, we, we, we hear of the, uh, I'm not sure what the number is of the um, migration that's taking place with the refugees. Uh, is it are we over four, close to 4 million refugees, I believe? Uh, and it was amazing. I watched uh, Aaron Burnett last night interview uh, the uh, uh, widower uh, of the beautiful woman and two beautiful children that were uh, shot uh, on that street corner. You, you all know the mm-hmm. footage. You saw the young family dead on the street. Uh, well, Aaron Burnett interviewed the father uh, last night, and uh, she had to pivot from her one interview into this interview. And it, it, was, it was a bit of an awkward pivot because she knew it was going to get pretty heavy. And off she went, and she was you know, pretty straight with it. But then all of a sudden, she started to break down as she heard the story of, 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 the, of his beautiful high school, high school sweetheart being murdered, his children being murdered. And she began to cry. And her mascara began mm-hmm. to run down her face. And the interview just rolled. And it was so powerful. It truly, truly was. And, and, and the love that's coming out uh, on the other side of this atrocity that's taking place is, 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 is all powerful. And it will prevail. Uh, I'm certain of that. And the market's telling me the same thing with the action on the market. So we have to remain optimistic about it all. But again, I, I extend uh, people uh, giving love. You're doing just that. So, so share with us, we, we, 3.8 million um, refugees. What's happening with people's pets? Are they bringing them with them? Uh, what's, what's, what, what news are you being given about the, the um, uh, crises uh, to, toward our furry animals? Yeah, you know, some of them are taking them with them and, and some of them aren't or, or some of them can't, you know. Uh, maybe the animal was, was out when some bombings happened and, and so the animal ended up running frightened um, or people just had to grab and, and run and, and they couldn't grab their animals. Um, or uh, a lot of them are showing up at the border. Uh, probably about a quarter of the families that are showing up at the borders have pets with them and you know, some of them need vaccines and paperwork so that they can continue and bring their animals with them to other countries, um, whereas some of the animals are, are sick and injured and, and there's some that have broken bones due to bombings and shellings. Like, um, it's a it's a tragic situation, uh, obviously much more for the human kind versus the animal kind, but uh, I'm going to do what I can. And, and I think it's going to be, uh, I'll be like uh, Aaron Burnett, I'm sure I'm going to be crying quite a bit. Um, you have a GoFundMe page. Uh, again, I found that to be very uh, timely. Uh, I've never participated in a GoFundMe. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not even that familiar with the process. Uh, share with us, how did you set up a GoFundMe page? Um, where is it so we can uh, fund you? Uh, I, will, I will support your cause, my friend. Uh, is there a taxable uh, uh, benefit uh, to supporting GoFundMe? Um, and at the same time, uh, with that money, what is your objective going into Poland? Uh, what, what's your mission, my friend? Yeah, so the site is gofundme.com slash drcliffworldwidevet, all sort of one uh, long word. Uh, or if you find me on Instagram at drcliffworldwidevet, there'll be lots of links and whatnot. And that's where all the updates are, will be when I'm in Poland, when I have internet uh, access and, and aren't working, uh, working hard. Um, it's easy to set up one. You literally just go in there and... and uh, now, with the, I think, with stuff that has happened in the past with the truckers' convoy and whatnot. Yes, go, correct. That's, that's, that's what funded them. Lot, yeah, GoFundMe is a lot. And, and GoFundMe has been around for a long time, and it's a great system. Uh, unfortunately, people have been abusing it. So go, GoFundMe now, there's a bit of a delay in that they 
they vet the people and they want, pardon the pun, they vetted me to make sure uh, that I wasn't uh, scamming people because people use the war uh, to gain funds and, and they put on a, a fake sob story. Um, and you basically, you go on the website. Unfortunately, I am not a registered charity, so there is no taxable benefit. If you would like a taxable benefit, which I think is wonderful, um, you can donate, if you wanted to specifically to animals, um, the the Veterinarian Without Borders, uh, vet, bo- vet Without Borders in Canada, There's they're, they're all over the world, but they're sending two veterinarians as well to work in a different part of Poland. So that is a registered charity. Um, VetWithoutBorders.com? VetWithoutBorders.ca maybe, but if you just That's... Google it, yeah. Um, and again, and, so, and again, I want to repeat because you, um, as brilliant as you are, your handles uh, so not marketing uh, uh, <laughs> friendly. Uh, we got, we got, we got. We'll, we'll, we'll work on that off here. I'll take you off lunch. We'll come up with a better handle for you. But this, but anyway, <laughs> go, go fund me forward slash. Yeah, Doctor Cliff. Dr. Cliff. Dr. Cliff. Worldwide. Right, Dr. Cliff. Worldwide vet. Worldwide vet. Yeah. Like yeah. vet, vet pet venture, um, and, pet, pet venture and, and, and about ninety-eight percent right. yeah, of the money that you donate um, goes directly to that account, like to my account, and then that money is going to be used for a little bit of travel expenses, a bunch of medical supplies, and possibly a few flak jackets that I'm going to buy and bring with me for the people there. Uh, I'm not going to need the flak jackets. I'm going to make sure I'm uh, as safe as as is reasonably expected. Um, but then also the uh, the rescues I'm working for, one of them, which is a, an amazing rescue, is about $10,000 away from being able to buy an animal ambulance. And they're, they're taking their current ambulance, and they need a second one, all the way down into Kiev. So all the way down into the heart of the, uh, of the war and the heart of the dangerous, uh, they, they say, going east into hell. And they're rescuing animals and treating animals and... They've been finding they've been having to treat people as well. So uh, it's a great cause, and, and the money's going to be going right into their hands, and uh, it's going to work out really, really well. And it's going to be tough and inspiring and, and life-changing uh, for me and hopefully for a few people there, and, and you know, it's going to be pretty incredible. But uh, now, um, Cliff, uh, and again, if you're just uh, tuning into the show, we're speaking with a good friend of mine. He's been on the show many times. He's a veterinarian, uh, Cliff Redford, uh, the Wellington Veterinarian Hospital in Markham. He's off to Europe to uh, help uh, the animals caught in the crossfire, um, making me cry. Good man. I, uh, I love my mm. dog. Look, 57% of Canadians, according to Jack's research, um, <laughs> hey, Jack, you're on the hook for this number, 57% of Canadian households own pets, uh, which is, here in Canada works up to 7.5 million pets. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you do the math uh, t- t- around uh, the Ukraine, uh, 40 million citizens, it'd have to be at least 10 million pets. Uh, that's, that's, that's a lot of animals, uh, Shaken up by all my my poor dog hates when 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 a drill goes on as as the workers are renovating my house for me around here. I couldn't imagine uh, mm. the, the 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 blasting and and, and the bombing and, and the oh it it, it just it, it 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 bothers me. It, it really really does. Um, Jack, do me a favor. I want you to send a note to Zach or. Up and coming uh, investment advisor, I shall say. Uh, I want to donate a hundred bucks. Have him uh, use my credit card and give uh, Doctor Cliff Worldwide uh, GoFundMe page vet.com. He'll find it. He's smarter than I am. <laughs> we are speaking to a good friend of mine, Doctor Cliff Redford. He is a veterinarian from the Wellington Veterinarian Hospital in Markham. He is off to. 
Poland and the Ukraine to help save those lovely furry animals. Stay tuned. 640 Toronto. Money. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Cliff, what I want you to do when you head off to uh, the Ukraine is. Bring a big boombox with you and just play a lot of music real loud. We're going to use some Ramstein. Uh, then you can move into uh, Who Let the Dogs Out uh, real loud and to just repeat it over and over and over again in front of those tanks. Eh? Or be like one of those women. It's amazing the footage you see of these little old ladies holding guns and saying, Come get me, uh, son of a gun. They're, uh, they're the heroes, and I'm hopefully going to be their little sidekick. Yeah, you're a great sidekick, my friend. Um, we are speaking with uh, Dr. Cliff Redford. He's a veterinarian uh, with the Wellington Veterinarian Hospital in Markham. Um, he, he, very colorful individual. Uh, he, he just loves animals, loves helping, um, very creative, um, and very current. Uh, has a GoFundMe page, Dr. Cliff Worldwide Vet. Uh, help him out. He's off to the Ukraine to help uh, our furry little friends. And, uh, well, I know a lot of you have furry little friends. There's about six million dogs in Canada. Cats, 8 million cats. <laughs> 8 million cats in Canada. That's a lot of cats. And again, the population of Canada and the Ukraine are quite similar, which mm-hmm. means there, there very well could be uh, 13, 13 or 14 stray animals. The thir- 13 million stray animals if the population were to completely flee the Ukraine. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. They're, gonna, they're standing guard. Uh, indeed. They are standing guard. But uh, you're going to help out, my friend. I think it's brilliant. Um, let, let's uh, talk a little bit about your uh, video quest, uh, your uh, other dream, which is, of course, to um, you know uh, share this footage uh, and, and, and develop a following uh, through, through, through the shooting of film. Uh, are you going to be doing just that, bring your crew with you to, to film what you see? Um, no. So my daughter and I, you know, take a little back step, went to Panama back in November, and we uh, slowly started to realize before our trip, and this was another volunteer uh, trip for two weeks, we slowly started to realize that we can do a pretty good job getting some amazing footage with the uh, iPhones that are out these days. So we ended up filming just hours and hours of footage and putting together fun little videos and emotional videos and inspirational sort of travel, adventure, animal rescue videos with our iPhones. So we're going to do the same thing with this place. I mean, first of all, the it is it is hard to find accommodations in Poland uh, and in Boston huh. in Ukraine right now um, because there are so many refugees and so you know I only want to take the the number of people that are going to help the animals that is the number one goal if we can inspire some people after the fact then great but uh, we definitely just want to have a, a small crew sort of a Again, pardon the pun, a run and gun situation that we can move quickly and help animals. And whatever footage we get is sort of bonus after the fact. 
So you're just going to jump right into it. Have you, have you pre-planned? You have a, a destination? I mean that. I, I saw uh, a few Americans um, who, who want to help, and they, they flew. I'm not sure if they flew to uh, Frankfurt and they're on their way in. I don't know. Yep. But they, they didn't really know where they were going. They were just going to go where they where, where they flew and and find their way in uh, with, with no clear-cut plan. You don't want to waste time uh, when you're there. You want to, I guess, jump right into it. So how did you connect uh, no, with, with I, the right people? Yeah, I did organize a little bit better than that. Uh, and within 24 hours, I found a handful of rescues that were willing to work with me, of course. And then I was able to kind of whittle it down to a couple uh, one animal rescue and then this other foundation that works uh, specifically with veterinarians and has some Polish veterinarians there working at the refugee uh, center near the Lviv, Ukraine, Poland border. Um, so I know where we're flying into. I've already got the tickets. I've got some accommodations already planned. I've even rented a vehicle um, so that I can help uh, transport people and materials and animals. Um, and, uh, you know, there's even a list of medical supplies that they could desperately use. So I've got my team at Wellington Vet Hospital ordering those as we speak. Um, so in, I mean, I bought my tickets uh, Monday the 14th, and within three days we had, you know, supplies ready and um, plans ready um, et cetera, et cetera. So it's amazing how many people jumped at the opportunity to help and they recognize the logistics side of it, which I think uh, Putin and his cronies didn't realize the logistics of, of doing a war. Jeez, they should have hired a veterinarian. Well, they shouldn't. They should just stay the hell out of what they're doing. But, um, you know, the logistics side of it was handled by my team and it's uh, so far gone smoothly. It won't be smooth when we're there. It's going to be a, a nightmare, I'm sure. But uh, at least... I don't have to worry about that sort of part of the planning. I can just focus on the animals. Um, Jack, yeah, you are a captain, a former captain, Canadian military. God bless you, my friend. Uh, pipe in here. What's going through your mind as Cliff enters a war zone um, trying to help uh, innocent bystanding uh, creatures? Well, thanks, Wolf. And again, thanks, Dr. Cliff, for all that you're doing to help those animals. But um, logistics was actually top of my mind, and I'm, I'm glad that he touched on it. So maybe you could um, dive into a little bit of, you know, the supply chain, the medical equipment, what types of uh, stuff you're going to be able to treat these animals with. Um, I'm sure it's not the same level that you do back at home. But um, is there any restrictions? Is there any limitations on how you're going to be able to help these animals? Yeah. So, you know, I don't have to bring any big equipment. They've got surgical equipment. And, and, and the reality is, is uh, you can do some pretty amazing work with uh, a minor amount of equipment. You don't need digital x-rays. You don't need inhalant gas anesthetics. You can use injectables. And a lot of those things they have. What they're lacking are the consumables that they go through quickly each day. And that's things like intravenous fluids and catheters and bandaging equipment because every bandage you know all the bandages they had they're using on people as well which is understandable um so you know the list is is things like you know pain medication antibiotics bandaging equipment iv fluids iv bags uh they have asked that i could bring some blankets and toques and a few toys for some of the kids uh, and then those blankets and toques for the families uh which i'm happy to help out the, the humans as well as the animals 
Um, and I'm basically just loading up a couple of suit bags that, or suitcases that I don't plan to take back. And uh, we're going to hand it over and let them deal with uh, deal with everything else. So, um, yeah, sorry, you're going to hear uh, who let the dogs out. You're going to hear my dogs in a second. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, so, so they've, <laughs> um, uh, they, they missed the message on my door saying don't knock or ring the doorbell. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, the logistics, you know, I, I've allowed the veterinarians there to basically tell me what they need because they've got the logistics in place and I just sit and, uh, I just, I, I'm just their delivery man. I'm the mule. I'm the mule or the, or the jack, depending on how you think of it. What kind of support have you been receiving, Cliff? Again, your industry is big business. A third of us basically are pet owners, or a third of us are pet owners. So it's a, it's a big, big number. Um, are, are you finding you're getting a, a lot of financial support? Is there a shortfall? Um, you know, we've had the uh, while you and I are talking right now, we've had the GoFundMe page up for only. Uh, not even 24 hours, and we've almost hit our $15,000 goal uh, oh. within, within 24 hours. So we're just going to increase the goal and have more money to give to those uh, to give to those shelters and to give to the charities. So the support has been phenomenal. Um, getting the word out through you know this show and some other shows on 640, as well as uh, global news, has been great. Um, it's been uh, it's been fantastic, and even just my clients. We sent a mass email out, and they all just kind of chuckled and said, "Yeah, of course he's going to uh, Ukraine. Why? Why else? You know, who else would go?" So, well, you know, of course our vet's doing that because that's the kind of guy I am, I guess. Um, so they've been incredibly supportive as well. Cliff Redford, indeed. What 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 a vet! What a, what a beautiful thing you're doing. Uh, when, when are you leaving, sir? Uh, I leave Monday evening. I arrive Tuesday uh, in Poland, and, and then my daughter's joining me there a couple of days later. And how long do you expect to stay? Uh, we, I have plans as far as a uh, flight back for two weeks later, uh, two weeks to the day. But I'm also you know, recognizing that i got to be flexible, and I may end up staying a little bit longer, uh, depending on what kind of work is needed and what kind of logistics and sort of uh, effort is needed while I'm there. Um, Jack, honestly, um, any um, military advice to keep my friends safe? Um, honestly, I'm sure he's thought through all the various scenarios and that's, you know, scenario analysis is really important. You just want to make sure that uh, he does keep himself safe so that he can, um, you know, help the animals that he's trying to. And uh, again, it's, he's not going there to fight. So do what you can to, to keep yourself and your daughter safe is all I can uh, say and give you my, uh, you know, best wishes. Yeah, no, it's remarkable when you hear of journalists. Uh, uh, two journalists have been uh, murdered um, in the Ukraine so far. Mr. Cliff Redford trying to get ready for a very important mission as he heads off to Poland, followed by the Ukraine, uh, to help those caught in the crossfire for little animals. Um, it's a beautiful thing. There are well over 10 million pets frightened to death uh, in that part of the world. Uh, Cliff, uh, the vet. Uh, is going to help them out. It's a beautiful thing, and I'm wishing you well, my friend. Uh, as I said, we're going to support your GoFundMe page. Uh, once again, uh, Dr. Cliff, which is Dr. Cliff, two Fs, Worldwide Vet uh, on GoFundMe. So GoFundMe forward slash, uh, you'll find him. Uh, you can also Google, uh, Google him. Uh, your, your YouTube uh, page, uh, Cliff, what is it again? Uh, YouTube is YouTube.com slash Dr. Cliff. 
And then for the big updates day-to-day, uh, hopefully day-to-day while we're in Poland and Ukraine, we'll be uh, on Instagram, which is at drcliffworldwidevet. There it is, my friends. Cliff, you stay safe. I uh, can't thank you enough. Um, we are with the Ukraines, and so are you, and you're demonstrating it firsthand. I'm so proud of you. We're going to take a quick break and talk metals in mining, uh, which have skyrocketed in price uh, thanks to Vladimir Putin, right here on 640 Toronto. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Little Judas Priest, heavy metal. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Putin, for higher metal prices. Uh, it is all higher. Um, I guess metal's scarce. In fact, metal uh, followed other commodities uh, lower for about 10 years. Uh, unbelievable bear market, I'd have to say, uh, coming out of an extraordinary bull market. The bull market commodities began when tech wreck occurred in 2000. Uh, and that's when commodities got into gear, ran for about 10 or 12 years, and they all went up. Uranium, agriculture, of course, potash and fertilizers and uh, nickel, uh, rare earths, molybdenum, we learned about. Then they went dead, and all of a sudden they wake up again. It's, it's just an incredible cyclical business to pay attention to, uh, and it's just that, it's cyclical. Uh, delight to have one of our managing directors on, uh, Dalton Barretto, great handle, my friend. Um, he's joined Canaccord in 2016. He's an analyst in the base metals space, uh, which he's covered since 2010. Uh, thank you very much, Dalton, for joining us. Uh, inflation, uh, there's been a building boom going on globally. And now we have a war. And at some point, Ukraine is going to have to get rebuilt. Uh, what a waste. Um, but you're just seeing uh, like the, the upward pressure um, on anything that comes out of mother earth uh please speak to us about the 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 cyclical bull market the market was witnessing before the ukraine conflict because i've witnessed it firsthand i've been renovating a house dalton uh i was buying cedar shakes top dollar two by fours 12 bucks a piece uh and they were warped uh you know plywood 100 bucks a sheet i felt it this is before the war uh how much further upward pressure has the market witnessed? Uh, we'll put oil aside. We all notice 130 a barrel. But uh, how much greater impact has, has the conflict uh, added to uh, the metals and mining sector? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Well, And I'm surprised you could actually get your hands at any plywood. <laughs> it's, it's been scarce for some time now. Um, yeah, look, you know, the, the, the war is only the latest in kind of a series of paradigm-shifting events that have happened over the last couple of years. And it, it, it's this type of thing that tr- typically triggers the cyclicality in, in the commodity space in general, and the metal space in particular, right? So, you know, as you mentioned, we, we've, we've been in a market, you know, pre-2020, let's say, where 
this industry has been starved of capital because the primary de- demand driver from the previous cycle, that being China, has you know plateaued, for lack of a better word. Um, its growth rates are a lot slower. You know, supply that was sanctioned in the past cycle has finally caught up, and you know this happens every single cycle. And we get you know we get into an environment of reasonably depressed commodity prices until we have some form of paradigm shifting event that changes the demand equation again at a time where not a lot of supply is coming on. And we had that, you know, we had, you know, the COVID was really the trigger for a whole lot of economic self-searching globally, right? You know, we had a massive Mm -hmm. change globally in terms of lots of different facets of the economic life, right? And part of that was this move to basically open the taps fiscally across the world. And a lot of that money, a lot of that investment was earmarked for a decarbonization trend that, you know, we've been talking about since the, since the Paris Accord in 2015, but it's only now that, you know, it's pedaled to the metal on that side. And so we had this massive shift of capital into, you know, what we'll call future-facing metals, because that, you know, that's what the world calls them. It's a, it's a little bit of a misnomer because, you know, they're still very much part of the old economy, not the new economy, but we'll call them future-facing metals. And, and that, you know, really took off. And we had, you know, capital flow massively into copper, into lithium, you know, into anything that had a green handle on it. And, and what happened was, you know, the, the old economy metals, if you will, or, you know, primarily fossil fuels, um, were left stranded. Right. And everyone called for their demise until two things happened. Well, first, last year, UK and the UK and Europe, which are, you know, were making this big move to renewable energy, particularly wind. Well, you know what? The wind stopped blowing and they had a massive gap in what their energy needs were versus what was being supplied by the renewables. And guess what steps in to fill that gap? Natural gas. And not just any natural gas, but Russian natural gas coming down via the Nord Stream 1 pipeline. So that, you know, we had this big energy crisis in Europe. We saw it in China a little bit, but, you know, they they, they fixed that right away by going right back to the old playbook with coal. Um, But with Europe, you know, coal, coal is a dirty word. And so... So natural gas it was, except they've only got one primary natural gas supplier. And so we saw energy prices spiking in Europe across the winter. And and then Mr. Putin did his thing. And, you know, the world changed again, right? All of a sudden, we have this environment now where everything you can think of, whether it's energy, whether it's grain, whether it's metals, whether it's bulk commodities, everything's in short supply or you just can't find it, right? Russia is a top 10 producer of pretty much every metal you can think of, but it's, it's more relevant in some commodities than in others. So as an example, palladium, which is going to be instrumental as we bridge from internal combustion engines to electric vehicles, 
because it cleans up the emissions in gasoline cars. Russia is almost 40% of world supply, and it's a lot more than that for European supply. And there are no really there, there are no good alternatives. So that you know that that's that's kind of a critical commodity that will continue to be in short supply going forward. Uh, there's a few others as well. The nickel market is gyrating intensely at this point in time because class one high purity nickel, Russia is the world's largest supplier of it. It's it's you know twenty percent of class one nickel globally. And that's all one company out of Russia, run by a guy named Oleg Dipriet, oh, Vladimir Potanin, who has been sanctioned. So, so there's that one. Aluminum, another big one. Right? Russia is the third largest producer of aluminum globally. Again, through one company, Rusal, which is run by another oligarch, uh, Oleg Dipriaska. He's been sanctioned too. So lots and lots and lots of major supply risk at a time where metal is scarce. You know, other commodities are scarce. We are, you know, for lack of a better word, opening up economically globally. We have supply chains that are in disarray. We have inventories of finished products that are in short supply. And then longer term, there are massive implications that are all inflationary, whether they be, you know, the split into a bipolar world where, you know, companies around the globe are going to adjust their supply chains. You're going to have manufacturing being onshore. You're going to have countries stockpiling critical metals. You know, there, there is no good solution to this that does not in, involve dramatically higher commodity prices. My friends, we're speaking with Dalton Barreto. Uh, he's educating me large time right now. I can't thank you enough for your speak. It's brilliant. You're hot. Stay on the roll. Uh, we're learning a big picture macro uh, around the commodity trade uh, pre, post, and current uh, the uh, uh, global crisis that's taking place here uh, in uh, the Ukraine. Uh, stay tuned. It is 640 Toronto, Hi-Fi Radio. I am Wolfgang Klein, uh, along with my partner, Jack Hartle. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, money. more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show, my friends. It is Hi Fi Radio each and every Saturday. Right here on 640 in Toronto, I am Wolfgang Klein, Portfolio Manager. I help people become and remain wealthy, along with my partner, Jack Hartle, my team, Kathleen and Zach, and all of our analysts and strategists behind the scenes. And one of them, while we're bringing him to the forefront right here, right now, his name is Dalton Barreto. What a great last name. Uh, Managing Director of Metals and Mining, uh, Research at Canaccord. Uh, he's been covering the space since 2010. Uh, it's amazing. I've been investing in the metal and mining space uh, for, I'd have to say now, about 21 years. It's a long period of time. And my friends, what I've learned in that 21-year period is that it's a cyclical industry. You must buy when they don't like them and sell when they do. Uh, do not chase. Uh, I've chased before. It doesn't work. I will chase again and make the same silly mistake because you don't really know when they stop. But when someone's had an extended move in the commodity space, it's time to 
uh, be vigilant because uh, those, those fortunes can dissipate pretty quickly as well. So if you have an overweight position, my friends, this may be a good time to pe uh, peel some back. If you're out of the space, you'll get a chance at some point. Uh, and if you're market weight, as Jack and I are right now, well, you hang on tight. Um, I'll tell you one space I, I hit the top on, uh, Dalton, is the lithium space. It just kept, last year, kept going and going and going. And I bought the uh, e ETF, uh, the LIT, uh, probably about $20 higher than it is right here. It went straight down after I bought it. Uh, but we bought Camical Well, my friend. We bought Camical at around $16 uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, it's a $34 stock today. We bought some uh, Suncor and C&Q when they didn't want it. Uh, those rails have been pretty clean too. I, I speak across the TSX right now with you, Dalton. I'm a big U.S. Uh, investor, by the way. Uh, I tend to have about two-thirds of our client assets in the United States, a third in Canada. This year, Canada's outperforming. Uh, the Canadian market actually is up 2% uh, on the year. Uh, the NASDAQ is down 14%. The S&P is down 8%. Uh, so Canada is loved, again. Uh, let me ask you in a big picture, Dalton, how long do you predict Canada to outperform America? Well, as long as we've got a tailwind in the resource space, and, you know, I use the term resource broadly to encompass mm -hmm. everything from mm -hmm. timber to uranium. Um, yep. You know, Canada will be loved. And there is a structural change right now because guess what? You know, a lot of them, the commodities that Russia supplies, Canada also does, right? And if we, if, if we believe in this thesis that we're moving to a bipolar world and – We've got our friends south of the border that are unwilling to really open the floodgates and start permitting new mines on their own territory. Well, guess what? You know, we're standing here waiting to uh, waiting to accommodate. You know, Premier Ford's been talking about uh, massive investments in what he calls the critical metals, and you know, we, we're, we, you know, if we haven't seen it already, we're going to see an announcement on that shortly, which is basically unlo unlocking Northern Ontario and building up a critical metal uh, supply chain, primarily for EV batteries that will feed into the U.S. So, you know, I, the short answer to your question is, you know, I don't know when the capital flows are going to shift again into, um, you know, a more tech-heavy versus resource-heavy uh, model. But I think in the near future, at least for this year and likely next, you will continue to see resource-heavy economies around the world and resource-heavy markets and indices around the world at the point. Well, you know, the story doesn't change. And I, 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 in, the, in, in the 90s, there was a tech run that history has never seen before. Therefore, in the 90s, money went to technology and it did not go to resources and resources suffered. Along comes 2000 and tech becomes egregiously priced and rolls over, and tech becomes undersupplied due to lack of investment in the 90s, and all of a sudden, prices rise. And that's exactly what's happening right here, right now. The last 10 years, we saw an underinvestment in resources, and a compounding factor to that has been the ESG theme. Jack uh, was very astute on this topic as we discussed in our office in our little uh, war room as to how to move forward. And he brought it to my attention. The ESG theme, of course, has weighed heavily on the exploration and development of further fossil fuels. No pipelines in Canada to export our stuff. And as such, we were 
a, a price taker and, and, and selling our crude at $20 a barrel below uh, global prices. Um, hey, by the way, uh, if, if I may, Dalton, uh, the uh, um, differentials on oil, uh, did you have any idea what they are today? I don't know. That's not a space I follow closely. That's, fair enough. Fair I, enough. Fair enough. I got partners in, in Calgary. I get it. No, I understand. Um, can you also repeat um, uh, old base metals versus? I think you, what, what was your phrase? Was it future basic uh, materials? Future facing metals is the uh, future facing metals term of the day. <laughs> future uh, facing. Future facing metals, and in that category, you would put anything. And you know, most people use this term loosely, and you would be you would not be shocked to hear every miner, every mining company out there claim that what they produce is future facing because it is required in some way for decarbonization. Right? And, and and but true. copper you copper, copper would fall into the category, wouldn't it? Copper, copper would fall into absolutely. both, eh? There, there, yeah. there is no transfer of electricity without copper. And, and nickel, of course, is in the batteries, correct? Nickel is in the batteries. Lithium is in the batteries. Cobalt is in the batteries. Um, what else? Um, uranium is clean, you know, carbon-free power. And then you've got kind of the gray area metals, right? Things like steel, because you're not building wind turbines without steel, right? So one could, ar one could argue that that is required for the green transition. You know, a lot of zinc miners will argue that if you don't galvanize steel, it's gonna, it's not gonna last as long and that's an environmental impact. So we're, start, we're starting to stretch now, but you know, it is true that there is no transition to a cleaner era without stuff you dig out of the ground. It's remarkable. Uh, Dalton Barreto, Managing Director of Metals and Mining uh, Research at Canaccord, uh, spending some time, little fireside chat, talking big picture. Uh, brilliant, brilliant speak, my friend. Uh, I learned a lot. I can't thank you enough. That's it for our show this week. Jack Hartle, producer, always doing a fine job. He's also portfolio manager. If you have any questions for Jack or I, please, uh, no question too big or small. We help you all. Uh, WolfgangKlein.com, TheWolfOnBayStreet.com. Uh, love to hear from you. And anything we do, we are there. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Pray for Ukraine. All the best. <laughs> You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, Portfolio Managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.